Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Welcome, everybody, to the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Program, a service of the BlackScienceFictionSociety.com website. This is your Friday the 13th, April 13th, 2000, what year is it, 18th edition of the show. Um, we're supposed to have special guest Edward Freed, but he's not around yet. Um, with the perversity of the universe on a Friday the 13th, it could very well be that he maybe a little bit late, but Jarvis and I have an event coming up at the beginning of May that we're going to talk about a little bit because we'd like to get as many people involved as possible, um, maybe even some visiting. I know there's some people across the country who are going to show up there, um, and it's uh, the Urban Nerd Con, which is scheduled for May 4th, 5th, and 6th in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Jarvis is there. He's uh, is going to be there. He's helping organize. I'm doing a little bit of organizing here, you know, from here in Chicago. But I plan on yeah. leading a panel discussion and um, probably maybe uh, participating with some other discussions as well as putting in my time to help administer the entire event. So uh, an unaccustomed welcome to you, Jarvis. Uh, how how are you tonight? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Just a little rundown from so much running around this week, but that's uh, what I'm accustomed to these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, what? what's your weather like? Oh, man, it's been the last two days have been really good. It got into the 80s today. Um, wow. Normally really cold in the morning, and we go up about 30 or 40 degrees. Well, probably about 30 degrees in the afternoon. So uh, when I come out, you know, down here you have to kind of layer up so right. that you can, so you won't get caught off guard. <laughs> but it's been yeah. pretty good. I can't really complain at all. Just have to make sure to uh, be aware of the pollen. So that's oh, my you're only starting thing. to get the allergy season, huh? Oh man, that's my only concern. Me and these allergies or something else. I um, uh, let's see, Thursday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday and Thursday, I was out in a T-shirt, you know, long pants because I'm not white, you know. They wear short. Um, and so I was out and about in a T-shirt, and I carried a jacket. Um, didn't really need it all day, and it was kind of uh, mostly sunny here in Chicago, so the weather was pleasant. Today, it's kind of rainy and back in the 40s, and, oh. and I have to say my one, my one complaint about this, and I know – I know we've had even snowstorms in April, but this seems to be like the winter that just will not quit. You know, it's, it's just—it's just gone too long for me. Um, you know, I don't want to complain, but then the only—the compensation for the kind of late winter that we have is our summer and fall goes well into November now. You know, mm. so kind of the season is skewed. Um, and, but, I, again, I have no idea what we're going to have for the summer, if it's going to be a hot summer or, you know, a, a cooler summer. I don't want to complain because it is kind of nice having the different, you know, the different seasons. Although I have to say spring in Chicago is usually only about 45 minutes to an hour nowadays. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I understand that. Yeah, so anyway, uh, uh, give us a little idea. Um, well, I know you weren't in the last planning conference that we had for for the event, but let's talk about it. It's the Urban Nerd Con, and it's the first annual. This is something that the organizer, Roy Evans, wants to put together to be a yearly event and maybe even a traveling event. So this first one, it might be in Atlanta, he may be looking west for the second to hold the second one. It's kind of a pretty bold idea, you know. It's it's a, a kind of in the in lines of 
Worldcon. You know, and Worldcon is international. You know, year before last, it was in Kansas City. Last year, it was in Helsinki. This year, it's going to be in San Jose, California. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's not such a far-fetched idea at all. But most, I will say this, most black-themed cons uh, are pretty, pretty much stay put. And I think that there's a good reason for that. People get accustomed to going. They will, you know, they'll save up if they have to travel. They know pretty much what their expenses are going to be. Um, and, and if you're traveling with product, like let's say you're going to go sell books, or you're going to go sell comics, things like that, having, you know, known expenses is probably a good idea. Um, there's going to be so much there. Uh, I believe kids are going to be let in for free. Is that right, Jarvis? Yes. Yes, yeah, so because we, we definitely want to um, not only, I mean, you know, most people would say, well, you're trying to build your audience. Well, it's not so much our audience, but it's, it's to excite the minds of kids about science fiction, fantasy, and horror, cosplay, movies, um, you know, all of the things that are probably going to be um, front and center. And getting the kids in there for free is, is probably a good way of maybe even having the parents bring them along instead of having to worry about, you know, well, you know, I have to pay more money. Um, but we, we really want kids to get in. And if kids do have some disposable income, to make things as inexpensive for them as possible so, mm-hmm. that, we build, so that we build our customers, clients, audience, and what have you. Um, what what have you been doing mostly in service for the uh, for the convention, Jarvis? Up to this point, it's been primarily promotions and uh-huh. uh, and marketing. That's been my slant on uh, primarily on this project. But I'm really excited about it too, in terms of the kids, because I found that uh, we did um, a group of us. Locally, we do uh, Afrofuturism event every year um, at the, at a high school or at a middle school, and it's nothing like seeing these young people get excited about things that they're interested in. They may be fledgling writers or fledgling um, artists, and so kind of pick, you know, talk to them and see what their interest is and taking that and encouraging them and giving that, giving them advice on how to move forward. They get kind of, their eyes kind of light up that someone uh, sees value in their uniqueness, you know, their unique talents and their interests. So you, you never know. Some of these kids may end up uh, as celebrities or uh, movie makers in the future themselves. So being part of a project that's kind of building on that and making it into a full um Con is, is is great. Yeah, I and I'm uh I'm going to be leading a panel discussion about Afrofuturism. Um along with me will be Penelope Penelope Flynn, uh Jean Peterson, who's otherwise known as Night Manager, and uh oh man, I'm so I'm so screwed up after name. I have it on the tip of my tongue. I'm gonna go look it up. But is one it, of the things is that we're it talk- Lewis? No, 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 hang on. Um one of um one one of the reasons why we're doing this, obviously, is to talk about the phenomenon in um entertainment. You know, you you have you know we're, we can go back a couple years, go to Luke Cage, but but the the success of Black Panther, the movie, is 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 something that we definitely want to talk. Oh yeah, Aaron Michael Hall. You know, I I forget because she has the Aaron for the first name and the Michael uh-huh. for the second name. Uh-huh. She is anyway. So <laughs> any we want to talk about that, and we also want to talk about the fact that. Uh, Hollywood, probably strictly from a mercenary perspective, is in in the process of making diversity a big calling card in terms of the movies that are being made, 
and then you look at all of the outlets for uh, movie and television show entertainment. You know, you've got Stars, you've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got all of these people who are thirsty for content because content is king. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you are on, you know, 35 uh, different cable networks and it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you're on Netflix, you have to have con- content. And let's be honest, uh, Hollywood is kind of tapped out. They are devoid of very much in origi- uh, original content. Um, I- I'll point out something. People are going to probably jump on me about it. But, you know, you, you look at the fact that, well, we're going to keep adding to the Star Trek franchise no matter what. Uh, what's the big movie that's on the horizon now? Oh, yes, a remake of Lost in Space. Okay. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of those promotions on Netflix. Yeah, and so now now you've got... You know, I I personally know of, not that I've spoken to them, I personally know of about 3,000 creatives in in, in webisodes, in writing, short stories, novels, graphic novels, comic books, and much of that content still has not been, and I'm doing the air quotes, been discovered, unquote, Um, because our challenge Okay, our universal challenge as not only um, African-American artists and creators is to get our work above the background noise so that we can get the kind of attention that will draw the kinds of, um, um, you know, responses and, and the kinds of endorsements and the kinds of makes and remakes, or not remakes, but kinds of uh, adaptations that would make it into the mainstream um, content producers. So um, I'm I'm hopeful. You know, I've had a couple inquiries so far about adapting Dark Side to either the large screen or the small screen, um, either movies or a miniseries. So I'm I'm hopeful that something like that's going to pop for me in the next couple years. Um, but then again, you know, I'm I'm just one person. We want to see more of that happening. Right. Um, I think uh, what's happening as well with um, the movies, they're diversifying somewhat, but right now they're keeping it a little safe where they're using properties that, you know, have been around because Black Panther's been around maybe 50 years, 40, 50 years, and has had a following of readers. Luke Cage has been around not quite as long, but, you know, he's been around. And they're taking stuff that they're safe with right now. However, um, I see the comic and book industry moving in the way of um, the the music industry. A few years ago, it's been like 10 years ago now, but I was in a forum where uh, Russell Simmons came to Tennessee State University, and he was one of the speakers, and I was privileged to uh, be there for his uh, presentation. And one thing he was saying basically was that, you know, people were giving him tapes and CDs and stuff, and he just throws that stuff in the garbage. And then everybody was like, ooh, what? <laughs> and he was like, it's, it's, the industry doesn't work like that. If you're able to show that you uh, have a viable product, that you, you are, have, are generating a buzz in your city, in your region, the companies come look for you at that point. Because they've right. proven that you're a moneymaker and that you can um, perform. And so, yeah, likewise, books and comics and things of that nature, that's how they're being cherry-picked right now. If you've been around or if you have a product that proves that you can move units, they'll back it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Uh... You know, a lot of people go, well, well, they should be making a movie out of your stuff. And I go, well, not enough people have reached the threshold of even reading Dark Side. I have, I have great reviews, but I'm certainly not a best-selling author. I don't have that kind of attention. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, yet, yes. So and I, and it, it is hopeful because, um, let's see, my first book was published in 2009. It was just before Christmas, Christmas in 2009. We're at 2018 right now. And and to have a trilogy of books out for this amount of time and to get the kind of attention that I've gotten already is is extremely good. 
uh, according to other people, because I don't know. I don't know jack. You know? <laughs> in some ways, I don't have the sense of a house plant. In some ways, I'm brilliant, but oh, it's wow. not always balanced. But but the thing is, is that um, when you look at Black Panther, that you know, it was an obvious. It was kind of an obvious progression to get it out there as a mainstream product, but the, the what what set it apart, which surprised everybody in terms of the industry, in terms of the movie industry, was how, you know how it had legs. People wondered why are people going back three, four, five times. You know they saw it with Avatar, they've seen it with other properties, but they were really surprised that it happened with this, and I think it boils down to just something that everybody recognizes subconsciously and may not recognize in the fourth part of their mind. And I think that breaks down to nobility. It's, it's an entire movie about the nobility of man. Even the heavies in there are noble creatures because, um, you know, the, the direct antagonists still follow the rules, still adhere mm-hmm. to doctrine still, you know, made sure that even though he was not happy with the progress of his country, even though he wasn't happy with the people around him and how they were running it, he still chose to challenge in in a culturally accepted way for his culture. And I think people recognize that. I think especially kids recognize that because what that is is, oh, yes, we have some violent conflict resolution, but it's done within the framework of what should be. So that's something that I think is working on people at a subconscious level. I guess mm-hmm. you could say I'm crazy, but I don't think so. I think that that really resonates because, I mean, what kind of nobility do we have, let's say, in American culture right now? You have individual mm-hmm. acts of kindness. You have individual acts of bravery. You have individual, you know, teachers who who stand out and, and really go the extra mile for Title I schools. You have you have people who, who are giving of their time, their energy, and their money. But I think the concept of nobility, you know, when when we look at why we got into World War II and we look at, you know, how we wanted to make sure that we we were helping the better aspects of societies across the world, that's pretty much gone. Basically, we now have a what is it, what's in it for me mentality in, in American culture. And I know that's painting with a broad brush. It's not everywhere. But, geez, you know, no, ever since fact, Wall Street, ever since Wall Street in 1983, our, our American culture took a real left turn. And in, in Wall Street, Michael Douglas's character, Gordon Gecko, when he uttered the words, greed is good, things changed in America. First, you have Reagan in 1980 lying son of a bitch that he was, you know, the, the, the so-called, you know, welfare, the black welfare mother riding around having babies so she could drive a Cadillac, you know, and then you, you put that, you put that in the, the, the consciousness of stupid people, you know, criminally stupid white people, and they start believing that nonsense because it's easier to believe it and to blame their own misfortune on some imaginary something else. And, and, you know, here we are two generations later, you arrive here. Or a generation later, you arrive here. Okay? So I don't, I, I don't see the nobility in American culture that, that took the Japanese Americans out of the concentration camps and, and put them in the second battalion, and they went to Europe to prove that they were good Americans, and they... They accumulated more battle citations than any other battalion ever in the existence of the United States Armed Forces. I don't see the nobility that took the Tuskegee Airmen, you know, out out of, you know, the South, brought them to Europe, and yet they flew better and had better outcomes and protected those bombers better than any other pilots in in the Air Force, in the Air Army Corps, or in the Navy. So... You know, that kind of nobility, I, I think we're running short of. You don't see it as an automatic because I think people have been pressured too much in terms of no job loyalty, you know, 
uh, people are fungible assets where you you know you just use them, or a company buys your company so they they can they can rape it of its its finances, uh, take its pension funds, things like that, and then the the company closes for lack of funding. You know that's not that's not nobility. That's just naked greed. And to think that my culture has turned into that. You know, it's no wonder kids are cynical and are deciding to really step up and do things on their own because I really think that they don't have much hope for, you know, the, the regular leaders of this country. And then you look at who's who's our president. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, so so what else uh, what else are you working on for the, the convention, Jarvis? The, you're, um, doing, you're doing the marketing. Doing some of the marketing, um, and that, that's been primarily my role. We'll actually have a, a booth there sharing stuff about Black Science Fiction Society, of course, but we want to make sure that we get behind this product and get the name out there so people can attend. Right, right. Yeah, so that's, that's been my goal to make sure. This is actually going to be a historic event. Um, because I mean, it, and, and it's and it's it, it's it's kind of unbelievable because uh, Jarvis and I are actually going to meet face to face. Both of us, when we started out, I was eighty pounds heavier, he was a hundred pounds heavier, and now we're going to meet each other when we're good looking. Now, how cool <laughs> is that? <laughs> you crazy. Oh, yeah, and, but I'm looking um, forward to it, man, because we've known each other six, seven years now. And and have only spoken either on the phone, through the show, or chatted. And I get to meet uh, Jarvis, uh, Quasi will be there. There's a whole bunch of people that I'm going to meet who I have only communicated with either electronically or maybe interviewed on the show. That's the coolest part for me. When I went to Worldcon in uh, Kansas City two years ago, um, I met three or four people who I had interviewed on the show but had never met. And they, you know, they recognized me. I didn't know who they were because I'd never seen them except, you know, on their little promo um, uh, graphic that Jarvis makes. But I don't remember that stuff because I just don't. And they contacted, <laughs> they, they they ran into me in, in the convention and said, hey, you know, how you doing? I said, okay, uh, I'm doing fine. And they said, if you interviewed me, I'm so-and-so. And I, oh, my God, you know, nice to meet you. So that's... That that was pretty that was pretty cool. That was the best part. That is the best part for me. And so this will be my first black themed convention. And I'm going to try to get to uh, Dragon Con uh, Labor Day. It's Labor Day weekend, right, Jarvis? Yes, it's always Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people are going to be at the Urban Nerd Con because it is the first one, you know, ever. But I guess Dragon Con has about 80,000 people who normally attend. Yeah, Which I think it was is 82 last year. It's 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 continuing to grow and and break rec break its own record. Mhm, mhm. And Jarvis has been kind enough to invite me to do some some panel work and things like that on diversity and Afrofuturism and things like that, which are things that are pretty much right up my alley. But it's going to uh, it's going to be a cool experience. Both of these are. I'm I'm very anxious to get to Atlanta. Now I've spent so little time in Atlanta, and the amount of time that I've spent down there was in the airport, tra you know, transferring, transferring from one plane else. to another. Yeah, mm -hmm. from one plane to another. So this would be kind of cool. I'm hoping it's going to be warm there. Um, it should be first of May. Well, I mean, you know, you're you're not that far north of Atlanta. You're well, you're you're further north than. I mean, I'm further north than you are. Yeah, we're about but three you're, or four, you're getting, three and a half hours yeah, away. But you're four. getting really good weather already. And loving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to retire down to the islands. I was going to retire in St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands until last September when all those hurricanes came through and just devastated, you know, the... The, uh, the whole area, and it's taking so long for the infrastructure to come back. I feel so sorry for those people in Puerto Rico 
And this is a direct result of having a racist-ass president. Uh, uh-huh. They don't have electricity. They don't have running water. Um, and, and, he, and he doesn't give a damn. He doesn't give a damn because they're not white. You know, this is worse than George Bush in, uh, in Louisiana, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so maybe I think probably after saying what I just said, I might be on the no-fly list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, in terms of uh, the Urban NerdCon, I'm excited, too, that they're going to be um, some uh, talent that's going to be interesting there. One of the Nina DeVoe, uh, Ninja DeVoe, <laughs> she's uh, from the Luke Cage um, Netflix series. going to be there. Yeah, right. that's real cool. McCoy is going to be there. He was actually, uh, he's been in a number of movies, but one of the movies he uh, uh, that I remember him from, he was in The Matrix. Uh, he's a stuntman for The Matrix, and he did a lot of those uh, stunts in that movie. He also has his own comic book, and he's producing, well, he's made the trailer for um, his movie, uh, and that, that just recently came out within the last month. So he's raising mm-hmm. money to actually produce the entire film. So I'm excited about that. Um, there's another guy from the show, um, uh, Lazarus. His name is Sean Riggs. Um, another guy, Ariel Scott from Call Me King. And let's see, Roddy Lewis, he's a member of the site. He's going to be, and he's been on there for years, and he's really cool. He's um, a comic uh, comic creator. And he's in the process of making a video game called Versus. And that video game, um, it takes a bunch of different independent uh, comics and takes their main main characters and puts mm-hmm. them in a fighting a 3D fighting arena where you get to pick the characters and fight them. So I, I played the, the demos, and, I, and it's real, really cool. Um, a couple other people are going to be there. Uh, Julian... Chambliss, he's an author. There are going to be some cosplayers there. That's always entertaining and, and, and fun because you never know what they're going to come as uh, each time they come out. Um, and there's a couple of other members, uh, Gus and John. They do the Grumpy Old Men radio Oh, no, Grumpy Old Nerds radio Grumpy show. Old Nerds, yeah. Grumpy yeah. Old Nerds. I've, I've been on that. Have you been on that too, right? Um, I was, I was, uh, let's see. I, yeah, I was on there one time. I actually showed mm-hmm. up late because I mixed up Eastern time and, uh, central time. Oh, don't, don't feel bad. I've, I've done that numerous times. <laughs> well, they, they texted me and I, I got there. So that was good. Yeah. So they're going to be in the house. Um, uh, and then all the panelists that you mentioned, um, Guy Sims, he, he's one of the panelists, uh, that's going to be involved. He is uh, a writer, uh, and, and he's uh, been part of the Brother Man franchise and also his own mm-hmm, franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh, Duke Nukem? No, not Duke Nukem, but <laughs> he has I, his own I, franchise. What's I interviewed him. him. Okay. I interviewed okay, guy. Yeah, so he's going to be there. And Don Burks, she's going to be there. And some more surprise guests, Penelope, uh, Howard, like you mentioned, and Aaron. I can't wait to see them again. Um, so just being in the presence of other nerds in person is really, really cool. So I'm, best, I'm, I'm excited about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, obviously the exposure is one thing, but actually a face-to-face meeting with people Gives, gives the opportunity to actually talk about issues, you know, about, you know, create creativity, marketing, um, you know, what people are looking at doing in the future, what kind of opportunities are going to present themselves. So, you know, this is, this is the essence of, of these conventions where you're doing your networking and you're, you're actually meeting people that you may have, that you may know about, but finally, you know, you get to meet them face to face, and that is that's that's great. I mean, I I met a bunch of people from uh, that I knew on Facebook um, in Boston in February mm-hmm. when I went to the Bosco in '55. Um, 
So I, I'm looking forward to that. And, and truly, all joking aside, I am looking forward to meeting you, Jarvis, because you know, <laughs> it, it, it's been a long time coming, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you know, well, with Jesse's event, um, it's always, in addition to the networking and connecting with people, they're like culture events, you know, because you, you get to meet the people and meet other people from the site, and then there's always these vendors that you, you never would expect, that, like somebody selling jewelry, somebody painting faces, or someone doing uh, balloon animals for kids or something. So, and it does all, and at these black events, there's always some banging music playing, I'll tell you that. I just thought about that. Every event that I've been to, there's some music involved. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it's just like a cultural thing, too, to, to definitely get out and enjoy so you know it's not just a just a uh exchange of goods and services they're more of cultural experience right right but the the i i think it's a brilliant idea to open this up to letting kids in for free because essentially what we're doing is not only opening up their mind to things that they would not see normally unless they showed up and then they become aware of them. But we're also, you know, building our next generation of creatives, you know, by, by showing them that, you know, these are regular people who are doing some pretty extraordinary things. These are the kinds of things you can do as well. Right. I think that's here's how to do it. Yeah. They can yeah. ask you direct questions and you can like, you never know what light that you're uh, turning on in their mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's uh, this is this is kind of nice being in on something on the you know from the ground floor. Um, I've known Roy for a few years. How long have you known him? Uh, likewise, I think it's maybe four or five years at least. Yeah, yeah, and then similarly, um, it was mostly it was online at first, and then. I was in Atlanta at one of the other events. I can't recall if it was Honest Con or AT or Expo. And guess who this this guy runs up to me? Hey, Jarvis. <laughs> and I'm like, hey. <laughs> and not knowing who it was, of course. But it was Roy. And so uh, I was, it was good connecting in person as well. Same thing happened to me. I was in Tallahassee, Florida for the Florida A&M Literature Fest called Black to the Future. And and Roy showed up to take me to lunch. It, it was just, up, it was just ran up on. Well, uh, he waited until the the the, uh, the talk I was doing was over, and he introduced himself. I had never met him or anything, and we got to talking and we went to lunch. We found us a uh, you know uh, you know a nice restaurant where we just hung out and we talked for a while and. He he hung out at the event for a little bit, but um, he also Roy also has uh, JBN, which is uh, basically a sports network, an online sports network, and they they trans or um, they broadcast basketball or sports events, basketball games, football games, things like that, for I guess mostly HBCUs, right? Uh huh. And. Uh, uh, I helped him with a script and a name for um, a series that he wants to do. He's he's branching out and he's starting to get into creative content. And so we've got, uh, you know, kind of like we did with Earth Squadron. He wants to put together this uh, this episodic sci-fi show about time travel, and it's oh, called Yesterday. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said that's right up your alley. Yeah, I I actually came up with a name for it for him. It was uh, the name is Yesterday Once More. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I think that's from a Carpenter's song or something. But it seemed <laughs> well. I mean, it it, it worked perfectly. Uh, so he he's a pretty creative guy, and he put he put together you know the the nucleus of this idea, and then he got some good people around him to help make it happen. And I'm telling you, you know, I I got enthusiastic about it right away, and uh, I'm just I'm really looking forward to it. 
Um, and, and the other part that I'm looking forward to is, like I said, I've only seen Atlanta's airport, you know, but to be able to go and kind of take a look at the city, you know, it is kind of like an urban mecca for for our people. So that's mm-hmm. going to be kind of cool, too, because, you know, there's so much potential that uh, that I want to take a serious look at exactly what Atlanta has to offer. I don't know if I would relocate there. I might. I might not. But, I, you know, I, I have to admit that I really do love the Midwest. I love the city of Chicago. Um, there's there's all kinds of stuff here to, to you know, pique my interest and keep me, you know, keep me in the area. But I'm telling you, these old bones do not like this cold. <laughs> oh, man, I hear you. All right, I'm about to post uh, his broadcast network's website. It's called the Jericho Broadcast Network. Okay. Chat room so people can check him out. And put a, put a link in there for... Uh, it's uh, theurbannerdcon.com website that's got all the information for, um, yeah, it's the urban, well, I'll type it in. I'm wandering around my house. No, 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 I did my dishes earlier. Um, ever since you busted me out doing it, uh, I said, like, what is what is something ruffling in the background? What is that? And you were watching this. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm gonna have to look for the link for Ed's stuff, and I wish I knew where Ed was. I don't know. Maybe uh, he got caught at work or something, but I hadn't heard a peep from him. Uh, I spoke to his brother briefly. He hasn't been able to get in contact with him, so I hope he's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's a weather thing or a work thing, but just just hope he's okay. Yeah, and you know what? You never know these days. I'm having a clue yep. what the weather's like up there right now. Okay. Where is he? Uh, he's in uh, Buffalo, New York. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you told me that. Did not have a lag. Yeah. Using this old computer upstairs and it's moving slow. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right now it's like forty degrees and rainy out here. I'm not happy yeah. about that. Yeah, I think we're supposed to get rain tomorrow. There was a yard sale. I was going to participate in it, but. Maybe next time. So instead of yours, I'm babysitting my uh, great niece, little baby genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I think that link, yeah, I just dropped two links in the chat room. Yeah, it does look like, you know, it does look like the weather is not so good over by there. Where he is, maybe he's had something's going on there. Could be maybe lost power or something. Anyway, um, while we're while I'm thinking about it, can you bring us up to date on the latest for Earth Squadron? LifeScienceFiction.com's okay. first 3D animated movie. Okay, I'm gonna drop the the link in here to the website. Earth business with EarthSquadron.com. For people who pick this up as a podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's bad. There's 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 actually well, it looks like maybe the rain is a little bit north of him, but it's hard to tell on the map. Yeah. Now um with the movie we're still um uh, in voiceover, uh, uh, the voiceover stage and cleaning up some of the characters. Because uh, once you get, we had a bunch of characters made and had a bunch of 
updates on the system and different software and computer breakdowns and then, you know, re reinstalling all of that, categorizing everything again. But there are some little tweaks in the characters that we're uh, fixing. And in the meantime, we're waiting on the uh, voiceovers. We're, we're doing those tweaks and then just planning everything out. And a bunch of little minute details. Uh, I actually updated, you know, our timeline on everything. And I was surprised that we're about halfway there. I mean, once the um, voiceover portion is done, then the real, real hardcore animation uh, begins. So we have the environment, we have the music, we have the uh, the Foley sounds, we have the environment sounds. So we got all of the background stuff laid down. It's just a matter of executing. And so we got about half of those. You sorry. Okay? No, I'm. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You know, I I was looking for Edward's stuff online, and you know how sometimes when you land on a website and they've got a video that plays whether you want it to or not. Uh huh. Very familiar with that. that. I hate that. <laughs> I thought it was just me, but um, we're just tweaking everything and and getting ready to to um uh, to actually get deep into the production process. Um, one thing that's also going on currently is we've taken the we had a uh, artist which is Quasi Jackson he's in there he drew the entire movie he did the uh, the storyboard for the entire movie and so mm -hmm. we, uh, we cut up those uh, thousands of images and have been making uh, animatics so we can kind of uh, break out the pacing and the audio. So once the 3D portion is done, we can kind of plug those elements, bring all those elements together, and it's already paced and everything the way it needs to be. So that's another development dealing with the animatics. And that's pretty cool. I, yeah, I think those are the major updates, voiceovers, animatics, and tweaking the, the 3D characters. And do you... Do you have an estimate of when we might be done yet? Would it be 2020, 2019? <laughs> oh, actually, you hit it on the, the nail on the head. We're going to take the remainder of this year and all of next year and um, make sure that we have the best possible product that we can. Uh, without, you know, we don't want to just throw something together. And, you know, people are like, oh, okay, that was nice. We want people to be impressed. And so mm -hmm, we take mm -hmm. the time to make that happen. And also to build a, a series of video trailers and, you know, um, taking a year to promote the product uh, before it comes out to build awareness. So next year is going to be a lot of promotion and uh, the actual animation process. So everything can drop in 2020 and launch the way it should. Wow. That'll be great. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous and I'm excited at the same time. <laughs> the project. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the other thing is, you know, this is the 10th anniversary for BlackScienceFictionSociety.com. Um, oh, yeah. For, for your 10th anniversary, do you have anything special that you're going to push out that you would like to talk about, or do you have things that we may be doing where we could use other people's help? I mean, what just, I mean, 10 years is a long time. It's an extremely long time because you look at how many black themed science fiction and fantasy and horror sites that started out maybe 15 years ago or, or you know, up to now, and how they just have not lasted. You know, it's one thing to have a page on Facebook, but it's quite another to be able to push out content directly to the web like that um, in, in, in so many ways. Well, that's true. Um, it's been 10 years, and that 10-year mark uh, was March 8th. And so we did some online um, chats and contests and things of that nature. And so that was cool. Um, but what we're about to do is launch our own uh, Patreon page. It's actually been up. I, I created it months ago. Um, 
but I wanted to do a, a series of videos and have it really nice before I launched it. But what we want to do is actually have our members uh, kind of put their money where their mouth is and really help us and, and partner with us to be um, as effective as possible. So we're just asking for $5 or more or whatever people can ask uh, can contribute, but $5 a month, that's, that's basically a hamburger, <laughs> just giving up a number five at McDonald's to help propel Afrofuturism and black science fiction uh, to where it needs to be. And what that does, uh, what that'll do, it'll continue to support all the stuff that we're doing, uh, such as you know, the site itself, the radio show, the book series, the posters, the magazine, things of that nature, and allow us to have a finance, strong financial base to improve what we're already doing and to venture out to do some of the other things we want to do in the future. Like, uh, you know, we experimented with prototypes of toys. We did prototypes of video games. Um, we also want to get into a position where we can actually finance independent films uh, from our members' work. And in, in addition to doing uh, our own convention in some future date. And so those are things that we want to do. Um, but we really want to do it in a planned and orderly fashion that's effective. So we'd like to say we've been really blessed to have people that have supported us by donating, by partnering with us to do their e-blast and banner ads, and also people that buy our books and magazines and posters. All of that goes back into the site and um, related projects to keep everything going. And so I actually got to look at everything over with a fine tooth comb. We just did our taxes. And so and so I intimately know exactly how much was made, how much wasn't made, what we need to make, and uh, beyond, like push goals, I guess you would say, you know, how much is it going to take to to improve what we're already doing, and then how much will it take to expand and do the things that we want to do in the future. And so it's 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 always a, it's a group effort, and so um, everyone that participates in helping this thing grow um, is, is appreciated. So I'm really excited about that. So I know we kind of discussed, you know, if we have like 5,000 people and every each person gives a dollar, wow, that's amazing stuff. And that's how crowdfunding works. So You know, that's that's something I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to try to organize that idea to a, a, a better extent. If mm -hmm. let's just say we could get a thousand people and, and, and what we do is we put together a group of people who do micro giving. So let's say someone has a project and I admit that part of this is selfish on my part because I've got a project, but, but I, I'm more interested in putting together the mechanism to make it work than I am getting money for me. And the mechanism is if we can get, you know, anytime somebody has a project that they're putting together and we can get 1,000 people to donate $2, just $2, you know, if we have a pool, we can have some very, very powerful funding uh, opportunities for people who have to do something. Now, having said that, there's going to be a bunch of people who are going to just, you know, be parasites and want to jump in on that and get that money. So I think that projects that want to get funding should probably be vetted by, you know, either put together a committee or you do it or what have you. But then we, we then present that project. You present that project officially to the people who are, who have pledged or who are interested in doing micro giving, and like I said, you know, if you if you have a thousand people who do that and you ask them for a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, that that's an incredible resource for people to get projects done, and and it doesn't hurt. I would I would go in my pocket for a dollar here, two dollars, three dollars, even five dollars for a worthy project with no hesitation whatsoever. But if somebody needs like you know a thousand dollars, I can't give a hundred dollars, not yet. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Now, well, I completely I, understand because I'm actually um, 
a Patreon giver for a half dozen projects right now. And so mm-hmm. these people, and that's one thing I really want to encourage people to really put your money where your mouth is and support the efforts that people are doing. Because over this 10 years, I've seen uh, creators, they spend their last dollar creating something that we we say that we want to see, but then when they finally get the product out, you know, people sometimes uh, nitpick it or, oh, I don't have any money, my, you know, my kid this or my car broke down, but, you know, I see people online bragging about their new iPhone 10 or whatever and their latest purchases, but these, these creators that came out here and spent their last dollar creating Afrofuturism and Black Science Fiction that, you, that we claim we want to see. So I really want to see people get behind uh, each other. You know, don't just be, um, okay, here's my stuff and, you know, support me. Support black media. Uh, support black creators. And you're really just saying support me. Don't just be that way. You want to. You want this to be a community where it's give and take, where you buy my stuff and I'll buy your stuff and I'll help promote your stuff and you help promote my stuff. And that's how um, how we all grow and move forward. And that's been one of the key things that have allowed uh, Black Science Fiction Society to be around for 10 years, is that it's not about one person or one group. It's about a, a community uh, of people working together. And so for Fortunately for us, we've had, you know, uh, enough good people that uh, believe in what we're doing to keep keep everything sustained. And we just want to uh, continue to keep that momentum and shift into a higher gear so that we can do more, especially after, you know, this Black Panther and Black Lightning. All of this um, momentum is building. We want to make sure that some of this goes toward people that control the images uh, of Black people. Um, and they represent us the way we want, we say we want to be represented, but that can only happen if we put dollars behind that. Saying, oh, I support you, is that's kind of an empty promise if you don't support and with dollars. You know? So, And I'm not saying, oh, to buy black science fiction society. So, no, I'm encouraging everyone within the sound of my uh, voice to go on here and check each other's work out and buy it and support it. Read each other's posts like it and share it and comment so let's let's continue to do uh what we've been doing but let's get a little more fired up about it (laughs) well you know that's that's why i would like to have a small committee or you vetting people who apply to have their projects funded okay because there there are there are a bunch of people out there who who still believe in a zero-sum game in terms of their creativity and and who would love to get a bunch of money in their pocket to help do their stuff, but then won't do jack for anybody else because they think if they help somebody else, that other person, whatever sales or whatever comics or books or whatever they do, is taking money out of their pocket. You know, I am right. so sick of that attitude with black folks that I could just spit. You know, I don't oh, need yeah. that. I don't need those kind of folks in my life right. and I don't want to talk to them and I'm not going to I'm not going to be talked out of it. You know, some some slick ass presentation is not going to fool me. You know, um well I'm just saying because I'm smarter okay. than those people anyway. You know, and and I I'm sorry to sound so militant about it, but man, you've heard me talk about this for 5 years about the zero sum mentality of a lot of black folks who are trying to, you know, create their own stuff who won't raise a finger to help anybody else. So, you know, I, I donate, let's say I donate $5 and, you know, we get, uh, you know, a thousand other people to donate $5,000 to somebody to do something, and then they disappear and we never see them again. Mm. Well, I'm gonna, I, will, I will get a plane ticket go to their house, knock on the door, and I'm going to smack them upside the head with something heavy, probably a Smith & Wesson, because I don't, we don't, we, you know, that doesn't help us at all. You know, how many people did they say at the end of the credits for Black Panther helped put that together? 15,000 people? Oh, man, that was 15, quite a bit. 15,000 people. I've never seen that many credits. And everybody's name was in there, you know, and, and so 
you know, if if we start doing the same thing through BlackScienceFictionSociety.com, and and some little creep, you know, says, oh no, I really I I believe in in helping everybody out at blah blah blah, and he gets a check and then we never see his ass again. Oh, I'll find him. I'll talk, I'll talk about him in front of his mother. So you know. But but the idea is exactly what you've been talking about the whole time you've had this site, and that is fostering the creativity uh, of black creators. And, and you know, I, I hate to say it, but there are good black creators in terms of attitude, and there are bad black creators in terms of attitude, and that's just the way it is. That's the lay of the land. So I don't want to see the good deeds that our people do go for naught or go for helping people who don't help our community or don't in turn, you know, return the help to the community that got them where they are. And, uh, you know, I can be a little, I don't know, I could be a little bit uh, prickly. Would that be fair to say? I think so, yeah. I'm a little prickly. I'm sorry? It's okay. I understand exactly where you're coming from, and and I feel exactly the same way. But we all, yeah. uh, I, I look at it like with the zero sum deal. I think that's kind of a, a fallacy with, uh, with that thinking because I just look at beauty salons and, and barber shops. There are countless beauty salons and barber shops, and they all seem to be making money. And so it's no need for me to talk crazy about you know X Y Z across the street. And we all could be making money. You know what I'm saying? All that kind of yes. stuff is not necessary. Absolutely. You know, what, yeah. so anyway, uh, when I when we get to Atlanta, we're going to talk about putting together the infrastructure for making that happen. And, and hopefully we can get enough of the 5,000 subscribers to subscribe to the notion of, micro-funding, micro-giving in order to support people's projects. Okay, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to send you a link. I just went back and looked at it. The, the idea for what we just talked about uh, was presented back in 2012. And so I think we were a little ahead of, our, uh, ahead of ourselves at the time, maybe. But uh, it, it's worth revisiting. And, and refining and putting that into action. I'm a, about to drop the link and, sh- and share that with everybody. And and speak the link so other people, you know, people who pick it up as a podcast will know where to go and look. Oh, my God. This link is so long. <laughs> oh All right. God, never mind. Is, is, it, is it on the site? Is it on Black yes. Science Fiction Society? Okay. Yes, why don't you do a little Science intro Fiction to it, do, do a blog post about it, and then push it out to the membership. Okay, that's good. That's a better idea. Because then you could say that this is something that that you and I are going to actively work on planning um, in Atlanta next month. Okay, cool. That will work. All right. Well, it's nine o'clock. And yeah, and no I guess one... it's not shown. <laughs> You don't you don't see him anywhere else on social media right now? No, so that's that's kind of worrying me. I'm like, okay, he's not on Instagram or Facebook or anything, and he's normally on there like all day. That's yeah, that is worrisome. I mean, you always hope that nothing bad happens. Mm-hmm. And not everybody is as stupid as me as to have a car accident, you know, five hours before the show and oh think God. you're okay and then go ahead and do the show when your bell has been rung so bad, you know, you have no business being, and look, being on the, the air anyway. The crazy part well, is if I, they I didn't, didn't know I already, didn't, they would have, if you hadn't said it, then they would have, no one would ever have known. Yeah, but I didn't know how bad off I was, to be honest with you. Had I oh, known, yeah, I, probably, I would have called you. I would have called yeah, you and said, I can't do it, you know? You had a concussion, and you still went on the radio show. 
Yeah, but I didn't know I had a concussion until halfway through the radio show. And I, and I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm leaving my I'm leaving my apartment to go downstairs to get my laundry out of the out of the dryer with my dumbass self. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, let's let's hope nothing happened to him. I think you know probably we'll just we're just going to truncate the show, right? Yeah, I think we'll cut it off and and then hopefully uh, we can find out what happened and maybe get him get him back next week. Yeah, that that'll be good. And uh, hopefully, uh, let's see. I I talked to his brother. His brother hasn't been able to get in contact with. So yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of worrying there. Yeah, but we hope he's okay. But we're gonna shut it off and leave it at that for tonight. And to really think on some of the stuff that we discussed in terms of supporting each other and making our relationships reciprocal. In terms of okay, I'm gonna buy your book. Uh, please support my project and go on the site and look at each other's posts and kind of read them and look at them and, like I said, like them, share them, and, and comment about them. Because nothing is more disturbing than, you know, you, you make something and you share it with everyone and you don't get any feedback. So you're like, well, okay, did anybody and, and like I, it? Is it worthwhile? Did I waste my time? Right. So and I want, I want to publicly thank you for all the support that you've given me for my work. You know, you, you put the ad up, the banner ad is up. You you uh you even were you even made my my books, you know, book of the month, you know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's deserving of it. Because once well, you start you. reading one of them, you can't really put it down. Cause if anybody hasn't read Weaver's books, definitely check them out because if you like that world of black excellence that you saw in Black Panther, that's exactly what Williams' books are. They're the black experience without hindrances of stereotypes and colonialism. And so, like I said, once I picked that first book up and started reading it, I was like, okay, I can't stop. I'm like, oh, man, now I've got to the end of this book. Now, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Oh okay. well, let me, oh, let me tell you this. Book. Yeah, with um, in, most most people don't, you know, they're not like uh, like uh, they're not, you know, they're not uh, friends on Facebook or anything. Because I, you know, I I haven't done a big push on Facebook, but um, I just finished my last go through for the Archangel X trilogy, which is the sequel to the Dark Side trilogy. And all three books are ready now for editing. I just have to uh, get the funding to pay the editor. Um, and, and I, you know, I'll just, I'll just say it. I do have a GoFundMe page to help defray the cost of publishing three books in one year if, if anybody's interested in giving me a hand and, and, you know, whatever it is. And, Jarvis, thank you for what you did. You know, you, oh, you're welcome. Uh, but but I did finish, so I've got a whole nother trilogy ready to go, and the you more, know I have the to more get... crack book, not crack rock, crack book. Once you start <laughs> them, you're not, not going to be able to stop. Thank you, and and for anybody who's been scared of the page counts of my books, because I, I it's not so much that I'm long winded, but I have a lot in the story. You know, there are so many things that go into writing. I don't want to write a single narrative and have a single plot line for a story as as big as mine. And and essentially, you know, it's I would say there's probably one third less in each of these books than were in my first trilogy because I've learned to be a better writer. Um, not that there's too much wrong. Well, there's some things wrong with the first trilogy, but um, I'm I'm really I'm really excited about it because one of the things, you know, for those who don't know, basically I'm writing about a secret society of black folks who who have lived on the backside of the moon, and one of the things that I'm very proud of in this next trilogy is I have turned the focus 
back toward Earth, okay? And the focus is on how we create black-controlled, black-owned communities on Earth where, you know, you don't have the influence of whites. So it's kind of like the equivalent of Wakanda, but right here in the United States. So that's that's one of the things that I was very, very happy to pull off. Um, so anyway, enough about my mercenary work. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for supporting BlackScienceFictionSociety.com because it is it is a unique meeting place. It is a unique resource for information about black science fiction, um, fantasy, and horror. And it's a unique meeting place for all kinds of black content creators and, and even some Latinos. You know, we're not exclusive. And uh, Jarvis, you have done a great job keeping this thing going oh, for 10 years. You, thank you. And I, it, none of this could have been done uh, solo. It's all been a group effort. And thanks to pe- good people like you and members that support us um, in, in whatever fashion, whether it's just showing up. You know, that's that's one of the big things in terms of, I was explaining so in terms of being successful. The first step is showing up and listen and follow through. Those three things will carry you so far in life. Uh, but I want to thank everyone uh, again for your support. And, and I also want you, like I said, to continue to support each other. And that's how we all move forward. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. They've got the, this saying now. You know, new the new saying. You know, being woke. Well, well, Jar- Jarvis has been woke the whole time he came up with this, and he made it happen. You know, and the people who have who have hitched to, onto the site, who who you know participate, who upload content, who who you know participate in chats, who show up for the radio show, who pick it up as a podcast, all of these things. You know, the the what's the Tuesday show? I forget what. It, Talk about it Tuesday. Yeah, and and all of the other things. You know, we're putting out anthologies of of uh, stories and books. We're doing a science science fiction magazine, and and now we're on the verge. I mean, when you talk about two years, two years is nothing. But we're on the verge of our first 3D animated movie as a project for BlackScienceFictionSociety.com. These are all things that are that are hugely important in not only showing the life of a site like this, but in maintaining people's interests because there's always something new going on. So cool on you, Jarvis, for, for pulling that off. Well, thank you all. All right. Well, then, uh, if that's... Uh, I, man, I, I am kind of worried about Edward, you know, because if his brother can't find him, you know... Yeah, yeah so- so he'll hit me up as soon as he, uh, as soon as he runs across. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Sorry we didn't have our guest, but obviously something was beyond his control, you know, because if, if, you know, it just is, you know, and sometimes things happen. Sometimes things happen. So Jarvis, thank you very much on behalf of, uh, you know, all us crazy-ass people who love this place. <laughs> I want to wish everybody a great weekend ahead. Oh, you know what? what? Jarvis, it's Friday the 13th. Yeah, you just think? trying to get some wings. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right. I hope Jason didn't get him a candy man or something. All right. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> okay. Have a great weekend ahead. All right. Bye-bye.